Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chai With Us podcast. This is episode number 41, believe it or not. I am Erica, the personal developer. Hi, and I'm Ivana from Oko Isabel. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Today, we are going to talk about our experience as solo travelers in India, our favorite place, I think. I think it's our favorite place. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, what are you drinking this morning or this okay. afternoon? <laughs> Thank you for saying this afternoon, but I almost fell for this morning because I took a nap. So I feel like I'm starting again in this different new life where I just do whatever I want because it's Friday afternoon. Okay, I'm going to shut up. Uh, I'm drinking heartwarming tea from Yogi Tea, which means that it has a lot of ingredients, mainly basil, uh, licorice, lemon juice, orange peel, cinnamon and ginger. So nice. it's really good. And because of the licorice, it's very sweet. I like it. Yeah, I'm just drinking a simple peppermint tea. That's good. You know what? That's yeah. good. I'm going to go back to simple and basic again, because Yogi Tea, they're repeating the messages, you know, and like, love your <laughs> We soul. can't have that. I already know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I would really lo love to start this episode by telling everyone... How like how we've met, because yes. if it wasn't for India, we wouldn't be here sitting down and talking about um, you know, all the things that we talk about. So uh, for you, the listener, we uh, have met in Rishikesh, India. Uh, how many years ago? Is that years already? Uh, I think almost two years ago. Oh my God, it's years already. So we've met almost two years ago. Uh, I went to India because I wanted to learn more about yoga and meditation. And I wanted to, to go like to the source, to go somewhere where I could actually, you know, learn from people who mm -hmm. actually started this movement. I was mm -hmm. working a little bit of essence. So I decided to go to India. And when I arrived, Ivana was there. She was uh, helping and also teaching. Uh, she taught me yin yoga I suffered so much <laughs> I think a lot of people did we were like what are we doing like what is this I think we're so used to doing vinyasa and hatha when you go to yin because I like yin yoga now but yeah first impact is like what the hell are we doing standing here for three minutes um yeah so we we engaged in a very deep conversation for me mm -hmm. before you were just like somebody who was working there mm -hmm. you know another person and then we engaged in a conversation like very deep conversation all of a sudden and I was like oh my god you are me but just like in a different you know life and stuff like that yeah so many things in common and that all happened in Rishikesh India yeah, it's very true. So we met at the ashram where I was helping out. And my job was to basically give a tour of the ashram to like help people whenever they needed help with something. And then I taught some of the midi, um, midi meditations and also the last yoga class. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're right, we bonded. I think it was like the like the course had already finished and we just sat upstairs talking where yeah. we usually eat. Mm -hmm. And I think we bonded over breakups, over how... <laughs> over getting broken up with and over breaking up with people and then we realized that we are the same person just in different bodies 
really yeah. realized. And then actually after that, I came to visit you in, in the Canary Islands. Yeah, yeah, it was true. And it's so interesting that like, um, how is it possible that nowadays you can make friends and uh, you go to mm-hmm. a totally different country? And I love that we were there and people from the States, people from, uh, I don't know, Thailand, like so yeah. many different people. And it was so good to connect. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things that, especially like the capitals of yoga in India can provide to you. Like yes. you go there and then you find people from everywhere. Um, and this is one of the things that I love the most. The fact that, yes, you are in their culture and you are being taught a lot of different stuff that you're like, whoa, oh my God. Uh, and then at the same time, you have all this, uh, people looking for a spiritual cleanse and you know it's such a it's such a mixture do you remember like the first time I, I just remembered right now do you remember the first time where you just stepped your foot on in India when I did what when sorry? you step your foot when you arrived to, sorry guys I'm here sorry I was just I was just getting something that it's important for this episode um, do you remember when you arrived first arrived to India do you remember the feeling yes, moment? I remember was it? it was it was eight years ago and I was in Ahmedabad for a wedding and I walked in and you got hit by this hot air and all these yes. different smells and yes. birds flying around at the airport yeah. and lots of like beeping from the cars. Uh, it was just like an assault on all your senses. Like it just, you didn't know where to look first. Yes. Yes. I remember writing on my diary, like something like that, because like, it's like a fest for your senses. You have yes. no idea about the amount of things that you can actually smell and feel mm-hmm. at the same time. So I remember arriving and stepping my, my feet outside and I was like, oh, I'm in India. You know, I felt like I was in India and it was yes. such a different smell and um, you could taste the air. Come on, Delhi is not the most glamorous arrival <laughs> because it's like, oh my God, all this pollution but for some reason I just felt really good I really wanted to cry when I arrived to India I loved the energy I loved the frenzy uh I was not scared like this is so weird a lot of people would feel like scared and stuff like that I was just like let's go uh and uh and it was crazy like the colors and um the air, as you said, the hot air, and um, and it was just such a crazy uh, first mm-hmm. impression when you. I arrived think it it's easy to feel completely alive in India because mm-hmm. all your senses are always engaged. You always have to pay attention to what's going on. Yes, yes, completely. You are always like, ta da. Um, well, but at the same time, it is true. Yes, but then at the same time. You have places like Pulchati where we have been, and mm-hmm. which is like in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. it's so peaceful, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it's crazy just to arrive in Delhi, which is the place I arrived, and then go to a 10-hour ride, uh, call me crazy, uh, mm-hmm. with a taxi. <laughs> and all of a sudden you are at this place and uh, there is the river over there. And it's so calm and um, quiet. And I, I haven't been around much because I was focused on 
what I was there to do. But yeah. I've heard that, you know, those places, I've, I've heard about the Osho ashram. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's, there is noise everywhere. And there is and there's the city. And all of a the sudden, there is an ashram in the middle of mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I find it fascinating, like, because there's chaos. And then at the same time, there is order and yes. like absolute peace. Like how mm-hmm. can you feel absolute peace in a place like India? Yeah. I don't know how to explain, but you can. And I've experienced yeah. it. How did you decide to go to Pulchati of all the different ashrams that you could have gone to? Um, the thing is that they had um, an article online mm-hmm. uh, for, oof, I don't remember. But I just remember reading an article that had a lot of ashrams. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just made a comparison. Uh, I knew that they were safe because I was like uh, trying to do the research because safety is is an issue in India. We need to be honest and just do a quick research. You know, Mm -hmm. I am very adventurous. I'm kind of a not scared person I was just like if I want to do something I would do it no matter what and you know I I want to go to Brazil here I go favelas here I go I want to go to India here I go I'm going to Marrakesh by myself here I go but yeah I do my research and I do my best to be you know Mm -hmm. to be okay at least take care of the things that I can control from here Mm -hmm. so um I looked up ashrams in India yoga trainings in India and um, Pulchati was at this, um, at this list along with mm-hmm. other ashrams. And, and I, I was like, okay, I like this. Um, I think I, I sent a message to someone that, had, that has been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I was like, okay, let's, let's go. And I also felt comfortable because I reached out, reached out to the ashram and they actually sent me the info, like everything that I needed. And mm-hmm. they had like a taxi driver that could uh, take you from uh, from mm-hmm. the airport to the ashram because I was worried about that part, yeah. you know. When I came mm-hmm. back home, I was I took a bus. I think you helped me out with that. Yeah, I think you mm-hmm. helped me out with that, and um, and that was fine. But I wanted to arrive. And be safe, you know, knowing that yeah. people in the ashram know that I am going and they are sending mm-hmm. this person to take me, you know, mm-hmm. even, yeah. you know, it was a 10 hour ride. It was a nightmare. I wouldn't do that again. But <laughs> but I arrived, you know, safe because yeah, a lot of people had information and uh, not that it would mm-hmm. save my life, but I, I just feel, I felt, you know, safer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's important to do your research beforehand. Oh, yes, please. Uh, I think it's important to do your research beforehand of like where you're going. So Pulchati was actually not my first ashram. My first ashram was Amas Ashram in Kerala. Mm -hmm. And it is, you could not even compare the two because Amas Ashram, there's about 3,000 people that are living there. So imagine yourself with its own community. It has its own hospital. It has its own school. Um, It's it's like its own community of every of everything. It mm-hmm. sits on an island, so like you have to cross the bridge to get to the nearby city or village. Um, but that was my very first uh, ashram experience, and it was so completely different. It was loud and noisy, and but that's what Amma is about. Amma is about bhakti yoga. It's about worship and prayer. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, and chanting. And so at Amas Ashram, we do a lot more kirtan chanting, uh, bhajans. So we sing those for about an hour and a half to two hours every day, every night. Wow. And well, Chati, we only do that for 30 minutes. So imagine the 30 minutes and like, imagine what that would be like if you did that for almost two hours. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my God. You, you okay. feel full of energy and um, yeah. It's such a crazy experience, the uh, chanting mantras with so many people. It's just mm-hmm. something that happens to you. Yeah. Uh, let's just stop right here. Can you explain people who don't know what an ashram is? Because we're like, ashram, ashram, and it's been like 15 minutes, and you probably have no idea what an ashram is. So can you explain? Yeah, it? sure. So an ashram is just a spiritual home. It's where mo- a lot of uh, traditionally monks, live um but it's also like renunciates and people that have like given up their modern life uh but other than that sometimes you can find householders there as well and it's just a place where you can go to learn more about spirituality and practice your spiritual practice and each ashram has their own schedule that they follow so each ashram is going to be different they're going to might have the same thing where they're going to have the meditation and the yoga but other than that the schedule is going to be different so an ashram is just a spiritual home for people to deepen their spiritual practice. And then you have people that visit there daily. And then you have people that actually live there. Yeah, that was great. Okay. So um, you have different ashrams with different uh, activities as Ivana said, like the, the basic things usually are like yoga, meditation, cleansing work. Uh, But you also have some ashrams that are more strict than others. When I was looking for ashrams, I didn't want to be, you know, uh, I didn't want to do something that I don't want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know of some ashrams that people will come knocking at your door and make you do the things. Absolutely. So there's an ashram in Southern India, the Shivananda Ashram, and it's like a military school. It's very strict. And there's a dorm that you stay, make sure that everyone is going to all the activities. And if you're not, they make you go. So it's, but some people love that. Like some people need that because that, that's how they deepen their practice. So it just depends on like what kind of person you are. If you're a person that really needs that, like that strictness to get their practice, yoga practice going, then you should go there. Mm-hmm. But if you prefer if you, to do your own thing, then you should go to more liberal ashrams like Amas Ashram or in Pulchati, it, I, I would say it's somewhat strict, somewhat like liberal in the sense of like, we never force you to go to everything. Yeah. I just always gave my speech at the beginning and I said that you're going to get the most benefits if you go to everything. If you don't miss anything, then you're going to get the most benefit out of it. But I also told everyone, because I did the program myself three times, that I did not go to everything the first two times. It took me three times of doing the program to actually attend everything. Yeah. Uh, and I like to share that because it makes other people realize that like maybe sometimes, you know, like you can't, you don't have the energy to go to everything. Um, yeah. And it's just but like- you get the most benefit if you do yeah i would advise people to do everything like i mean if you are going you might as well just do it because if you want to get the benefits right you have to you are there to learn so if you're not there if you are you know in your cocoon there's nothing much that you can learn but what i Mm -hmm. also realize is that like going to an ashram or going somewhere where you are by yourself without your telephone can be a very tough experience especially Mm -hmm. if you are silent, if you are not used to those things. It can be very emotional and it can be hard to cope with that. 
So I can easily see some people that leave their countries to do to go to an ashram to do training or just hang out in an ashram and not be not being able to cope with everything and maybe you mm-hmm. need an hour to stay in your room and cry mm-hmm. uh i'm saying yeah. from experience i needed you know uh i was dealing with a lot and so if i wasn't allowed to have that hour and cry you know i would feel uh terribly and i love structure and i i think i'm good at structure you know I, if i mm-hmm. if i set my mind to do something i will do that thing Like yeah. if I'm serious, then ser- like that serious, like I'm leaving my house, I am going to India, I'm spending mm-hmm. thousands uh, of euros over here, mm-hmm. like to stay uh, with the flights and everything that's involved with it, I am going to do it. But I wanted to yeah. make sure that I was going to a place where people are flexible because I don't know where am I, you know, putting myself yeah. into like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want people mm-hmm. to tell me that I do have to do something that I'm not comfortable yeah. with. So and sometimes you can go to an ashram and not have to stay in the ashram. So there's this mm. ashram called uh, Ramana Maharashi's ashram in Tiruvannamalai in Tamil Nadu. That's about five hours southwest of Chennai. And it's a very famous ashram, but there you have to make reservations three, four months in advance. So a lot, mm-hmm. what a lot of people do is they stay in guest houses, and I've done the same thing. And then they just go into the ashram daily to partake part of the of their daily activities. And there, there's really not that much going on in the ashram. They don't have any activities, really. But you just go to sit in the meditation hall because it has such peaceful energy. Like when you go, it's like everything just is quiet and, mm. and so calm. And I love that energy. And it's actually next to our Nuchula mountain. And that's there's considered like a Shiva mountain. It has very like high energy. And what you do there is that on the full moon, you walk 14 kilometers around the mountain barefoot. Wow. And um, afterwards, like it takes about four hours. Afterwards, like you can't go to sleep. Like I could not because you do it at 10 o'clock at night and you finish about two in the morning, two or three in the morning. And you, you're so full of energy, like it feels, I can't describe it, but just, you, you feel like somebody plugged you into an electrical socket. It's like all your life you've been living like, like you are, and all of a sudden someone just charged you. Hmm. And with that kind of energy, you can't go to sleep. It's such an amazing feeling. But that's just another ashram experience where you don't have to stay in the ashram, but you're welcome to come in from the outside and, and participate. Yeah, I would say beginners, if you are doing this for the first time, just look for an ashram. But it's not that strict, you know? Yes. Uh, because otherwise it can be hard to cope with. Uh, we I have agree. been talking about the activities that we uh, that you can do in different ashrams. I only have experience because I only have been to Pulchaki. So we want to give you like an insight of how that would work, okay? Because mm-hmm. we have an actual uh, schedule here because yeah. I saved it. Um, and, um, and we're going to talk about it just for you to know more or less what happens. So, um, you would wake up at around 5.30 a.m. ish. Uh, there is a wake up bell like the meeting, so you cannot miss it, uh, unless you are a very good, like heavy, <laughs> heavy sleeper. Uh, then you have a silent meditation, like of half an hour from between. Uh, starting at six and finishing at six thirty, mm-hmm. uh, and then there is chanting. Um, after chanting, you have yogic cleansing. Uh, 
didn't like that much. I didn't like really, it. Really? I loved it. I didn't like it the first time I did it. But basically, <sighs> with the yoga cleansing, you use the neti pot to clean your yes. nasal passages. And the first time, if you've never done it, it looks really scary. <laughs> to, like, you want me to stick up something up my nose? Like, what? <laughs> Uh, and it looks funny doing it, but then you realize yeah. the benefit that you get out of it, and it's amazing. And I actually have done it when I was sick, and it helped clear yeah. it up. I know yeah. it helps. I'm good at it. You know, it was like twice, and I was like, and then water was coming from here. <laughs> but I just didn't like it. Do you know what I used to do? So yeah, I used to do the meditation, and then I went to my bedroom and ate some snacks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's, you know what, nobody, nobody came and checked on you to tell you. No, no, nobody tell me anything. And yeah. then after the cleansing, I was already, you know, I, I had my snack and uh, we had a breathing exercise and we would practice yoga um, and have breakfast at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So that was what and happened. Something important to mention, too, is that at Pulchati, we absorb silence. Yes. And we do that from nine o'clock at night until um, one o'clock the next morning. So until after lunch, everybody has to be silent. And we eat all our meals in silence, which is very difficult for a lot of people. That was my favorite thing. I was like, See? oh, my God. I yeah. loved it. I've never so done it before until cool. I came there, but I absolutely loved it. Yes, I loved it as well. I was like, I don't have to talk to no one. Are you okay? Yeah, just the message coming in. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My phone was saying doing something weird. Okay, it's fine now. Okay, we're fine. Um, okay, so during my stay, I, I, my phone was, didn't want to work or something. I don't know what happened. But I was like, whatever. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go all in. Uh, so we had breakfast. And after that, we had uh, karma yoga, which is like service yoga. You do something just for the sake of doing, of helping. Mm-hmm. It's none of your business. It's karma yoga. Then we had a beautiful na- nature walk. You, yes. you did one with us, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I led those um, cool. to you. Because we would, we would lead you to a place like the river or up a mountain. And then we would have you sit there for about 30 minutes and meditate. And then we would take you back. Yeah, that was very cool. I loved it. Um, Really loved it. And it was silent as well. Yes. And people were like, this is weird. Let's, you know, let, let's talk about that. So a lot of <laughs> people find the that. silence weird and strange. And I always tell people, like, try. Like, for me, it was very difficult the first time I ever did it because I came from such a, like, I'm a lawyer. I Like, that's what I do for a living. I talk. Um, so it was very difficult. And I journaled. Um, and it led me to journal a lot more things. But... Once you like do it, you see the benefit of silence has on everything. Because like if you're silent while you're eating, you can really taste the food and it tastes so different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I love silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I love silence. And uh, you know that I do silent days where I don't speak. My last silent day, I had my boyfriend with me uh, and we were both silent. So it mm-hmm. was, it, and for me, it's just beautiful because um we receive so many things from the outside, you know, yes. there's music, it, you have to be, nowadays you are in a responsive state all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We're here mm-hmm. talking, a message is coming in, right? We know that we have the next thing coming and you, you know that someone may call you and may ask you a question. You are walking around and people may ask you something. 
you are thinking about your things and then someone just you know um horns uh, uh you yeah. have so many things right mm -hmm. now we are mm -hmm. here and it looks like this is silence but this is mm -hmm. not silence at all like my computer make noises that i cannot hear like consciously mm -hmm. but it's there the thing yeah. and it's like when you go to nature and you shut up for a second you know what i mean that's yes, you can silence listen. What mm -hmm. we live right now, this is not silence. You can be like, yeah. we can be like this. And there's, there's no silence. My neighbors are here, you know, and the, yeah. there's a lot of noise coming. And the thing about silence is that first, you are not in a responsive mode. You can actually just calm down a little bit your nervous system mm -hmm. because there's nothing to respond, um, mm -hmm. to respond to. And then you see things differently. Walking yeah. in silence is beautiful. You notice everything. You mm -hmm. notice the shape of the rocks. You notice if there's a different plant. And like you are with yourself, with your thoughts. If you cannot spend time with yourself, you have a problem. Hey, uh, this is Erica from the editing side of things. Uh, you just reached the end of this, uh, the first part of this episode, basically about solo traveling in India. The second part is coming out next week. We thought it was a little bit too long, so we decided to cut it in half. We really, really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our channel so you can help us grow and reach out to more people. And also just leave a comment if you want to say something, if you want to say hi, even if you, you know, just need help with something. We always like to help, okay? Just feel free to reach out to us. I cannot stress this enough. Okay, so that's it. I hope I see you next week. Bye-bye.